Polka Barstool. We've got JR back on the show today, and our primary focus will be on intent. This is related to some entrepreneurship-related topics. So hope you enjoy this. It's a little bit about how you get out of a rut and uh, really how I've found that I can stay motivated and inspired and that passion, that fire going. So I think this is a good one. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on entrepreneurship. So this week, yeah, I've got John Robinson, JR, my backup CEO, business manager, back on the show. I know you've got stuff planned, JR. What, what you got today? I absolutely have something planned here and the topic is intention and mm. i am a huge fan of knowing what i choose to go after and i think goals suck sometimes because i think that the more that we set goals the more i know the more goals i set the more disappointed i am because sometimes i just uh lose my fire for those goals so today i just kind of want to talk about you know what we choose to go after uh what experiences we choose to design, and especially in entrepreneurship. You know, I think the more that we look at design of things and we see what's working and what's not working, then we do a better job with what businesses we're in. And with that said, I want to start off with an experience that I believe that you just had today Mm. that didn't work for you so well. And I'm not sure if their intention was designed for you not to have a good experience. And I heard you went to the DMV today. I went to the DMV today, yes. All right, good enough. Dan, sorry. (laughs) Is that the DMV, correct? All right, so don't go into so much detail, but just give me the headlines. How, How was the experience for you? It was very frustrating. So, uh, yeah, basically what happened was, um, you know, I, I, I had to go register a car and you got to get new plates, plates and all that kind of stuff. And you pull your tag and you sit in this room with, um, lots and lots and lots of other people. And you know that some of those people have been there for a long time and they start, you know, they have these seven or so booths open and they call up new people every once in a while and sometimes have these long conversations and start uh, small talk and then, yeah, thanks for prolonging it. So it was, it, it was more than an hour and a half that I sat there just wasting time before my number was called. All right, so I'm mentioning this because the DMV is a business. We're talking business. We're talking entrepreneurship. We're talking experiences. You just experienced mm, not a raving fan. And I think as we all design businesses, we want raving fans. We don't want people after they experience our product or service to sound like you and the DMV experience. So kind of what shows up for you 
And again, the spirit of intentionality. Do you think they intend on, you know, having people experience this like you did? Or just do they even care? They don't care. Uh, Because the difference is it's it's a business, I guess, but it's government. So not to be like this this, uh, anti-government person. Uh Uh Uh-oh. That's not it. But my my point is you have no other options. It's like, oh, you could go to a different DMV if you wanted to, uh, but I'm sure this DMV would be perfectly happy if you did, so it wouldn't be quite as busy here, but it's probably just as busy there anyway. So... They're old. There's no motivation to improve because it's they're not doing. They're not there, like worrying about making you happy so that they can make more money. That's not the way the DMV works. Wow, you're you're going down the rabbit hole. So, are you ready for this? Because you're you're really going down the rabbit hole. Because I believe that business or entrepreneurship is about seeing a problem. And solving it. And then, yes, if you get currency, you know, you get money, you get whatever it is in exchange for my problem being solved, that that's what their payment is. So when I listen to you just then, it sounded like, hey, if they don't make more money, then it's not a business. Well, they're in the pain solving business. We, You hired them. What did you hire them for? Did you hire them to give you your a new plate? Or what, what is it again that you went there for? <laughs> I don't know. I won't consider it hiring them. It's like but you I, are. I, 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 it's a I job have an, that you had to have done. I have an obligation to be licensed and registered. So okay. I went there to help so that they could fulfill that so I don't get a ticket. Perfect. So fear. You're just afraid. Like, okay, I'm, I don't want to get a ticket. And my temp, t- uh, my temp tags had expired uh, like a week okay. ago. Yeah. There we go. So you're afraid you're going to get a ticket pulled over by the by the by the fuzz so when i when i'm going where i'm going with this is that as we all look at what jobs people hire us to do in our business and our services we have to really design them with intention and the job that you hire i'm not gonna say you me if i'm going to the dmv i'm hiring them to make the experience easy convenient and affordable those are the three things in my mind is easy, convenient, and affordable. Accessible, too. So a little bit of that. I don't want to wait in there for five hours for something that takes three minutes to do. Because I, I don't know. know. How long, did, how long did it take? Three, maybe four minutes once, once I right. got it. Yeah. Right. Three or four minutes. So this idea of if I'm going in there, that's what I'm hiring them to do. There's also this idea of, okay, this is the job you hire them to do, but you also know that they're not going to do that job. Because I know that when I go there, it's not going to be fast. In the state of California, it's not affordable. Mm. In other states, this is an expensive state to live in. So I I can't even have that expectations. And again, as we were talking about assertions and expectations, my expectations of affordable, nope, strike one, fast, strike two. Now, convenient and accessible, mm, in the terms of baseball, barely a single. Because, yeah, nine to five or nine to seven, Monday through Friday, and 
you know, from eight to noon on Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't call that widely available, but it's all right. So I think as people look at the businesses they design and the expectations that people have, it you have to look at, you know, what what are you going to do? You know, what is your assertion? What what are you going after? So well, how would you do it differently? Because in the spirit of designing, if you had to, and I, I text you this because I was kind of laughing, like, hey, let's design the DMV to be way better. What, what would you do differently in that experience? What, what, what would you what would you what would you tell a new designer? Say, hey, let's blow this up and make this way better. What would you do? I would find more ways to make what I did doable from my house from my okay. laptop because there's no way I couldn't have done that from my house. Like granted they had to give me something. They had to give me the registration. They had to give me the, st- the stickers and whatnot. Fine. But send it to me, like ship it to me. So I, I just don't understand why all that has, I have to physically be there and sit, waste 90 minutes of my time. You're, you're bringing up a solid point because I, th- I think that entrepreneurship is an awareness. It's a skill of noticing other experiences in the world and knowing how you would design them better. And then looking at your business the same way and using that same energy. It's like, hey, how can I make this easier? How can I make this 10 times? No, you don't like me saying 10 times, but 10 times easier, more effective, more convenient, more valuable. Just that 10x methodology. And I would say this with the DMV process, you got a new car, right? Is it you were getting new, a new license plate for a brand new car, right? Used brand new, yes. Used brand new. Okay, used brand new. Brand new to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that being said, I look at designing and the experience. Why can't you get your plates at the dealership, or why can't the dealership do something? that doesn't have John Loomer with a sad face and the DMV for hour? How long was it today? Well, when you think about it, uh, I mean, the DMV doesn't want to pay all the people that they have to pay too. So, I mean, they have to have a whole bunch of workers in order to help these hundreds or thousands of people that are coming through the DMV every day. And, uh, Granted, you know, we're talking jobs here too, but some of this stuff is just kind of ridiculous because you look like you look at just about any other business, and maybe it's because I'm anti social or whatever, but I love the fact that I could do almost all this stuff from my phone now, almost everything except for a lot of these governmental requirement things, you know, where they're always like 20 years behind, you got to show up and sit there and waste your time. All right. So if we're redesigning it, you would design something to where the person doesn't even have to go into the DMV. Possibly when you buy your car, while they already have you there, you're already signing away your life. Maybe something's there. Maybe they have maybe they have, you know, 100 license plates right there, right on site. What's wrong with that? Well, and I got to think that, man, we're we're talking some George Jetson stuff, but 
one day, there's probably not even going to be a physical license plate. There will probably be <sighs> something that's worked into, you have to code the, the, the car or whatever, and think it'll show up on the back of the car, right? Oh, man, are you really talking about, like, literally a display screen? Kind of. That's in the, in the space where the license plate would be, and that display screen is intelligently updated you would the do. moment that you pay instead mm. of that little sticker it right oh look at you yeah. <laughs> so, all right so let's get back to to what i really was going for today it's just intentionality you know it's it's looking at experiences in the world and wondering what was their intention did they want me to just sit here for an hour and be frustrated and then spend three minutes to get what i needed and then get off and get on the pubcast and down the Colorado DMV system. <laughs> Probably not. But I think a little bit, as you said earlier, the word care. You know, who who is the one that's there to care about making the experience better? Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't, there's no competition for the DMV. No, but you know what though? I do believe, and this is where we go into feedback. Where does your feedback show up? I could have sworn I don't know which state I was in, but I thought that there was some type of customer service rankings per location. Yeah. yeah and and they, people, they have that. People would go to the other location. And I don't know if it's on Yelp. I don't know if Yelp, people are Yelping which experience is better. And that's why they're choosing DMVs. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up. Maybe I mean, I, I, I definitely, over, you know, during my hour and a half I was wasting, I did overhear. Uh, one of the reps tells someone who said they had a good experience that they should go here or there to um, report this good experience, you know, whatever. And uh, so there, there's some motivation that for, for them that the person has a good experience. That said, all these DMVs are pretty much the same. So whether or not you have a good experience or bad experiences, I mean, they all have the same system. So it's going to be mostly random yeah now i get it i get it okay so back to the idea of getting rid of goals that's that's that radical thought that i had at the beginning and saying oh it's an outlier thought is like i hate goal setting mm. what what is your take on goal setting for you yeah i i, I largely <laughs> it depends but most goals i see as uh wasted energy most of them. Um, but there are exceptions. I feel like if, if someone tells me to sit down and create goals like, like you've done for me, most of the time I see that as wasted energy because I don't have the passion behind any of those goals. As opposed to like if me saying, I want to I run a mile faster than 6.30 or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, if that's something I've decided that I actually want to do, then that's that's a goal that can motivate me that I will try to make sure that I reach. Or there there are just some primary like end of year goals I often have, or try to have a month in terms of revenue or getting other numbers like members within a community or whatever. I'll have those individual goals, but there there aren't I don't have a lot of goals. Um, so as long as those primary goals keep me motivated to to a point. Well, I, 
I like that because I, I feel the same way. I think that that the encouragement and the support and the motivation that I've had around me when I've achieved my biggest goals hasn't been because I said, hey, I'm setting this goal. The energy has been this. I'm going after blank. I choose mm-hmm. to go after blank. I This is a breakthrough for me in the last two weeks is this shift from my goal is blank to I choose to go after blank. And it was inspired by this book that I, that I bought called Principles by Ray Dalio. Mm-hmm. And I got angry. <laughs> I got angry because I got this book and this, this guy's talking about knowing Bill Gates and it's forwarded by Tony Robbins. Mm. And it's, and I'm thinking, did I just buy a book of some dude's principles who knows Bill Gates? I'm like, that's not my story. Like that, he's he's born on third base, mm-hmm. and I just bought a book on how he's gotten to be this successful. When you're born on third base, it 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 lit a fire in me that said, "Wait a second, I have some principles already inside me of when I was successful. I've already had some successes, multiple successes, and I'm I just bought a book to learn about how this guy got successful." And it caused me to lean toward how your approach to reading, which we know you don't read a lot of books like this. I mean, you do tons of reading in in the Facebook advertising world, but not a lot on this, right? I, I don't, a lot I don't crack open a 400-page book and sit down and read, right. read 200 pages in a night, no. Yeah, so, so I, I mentioned that because as I... Behind me, for those who can see the video, I have a lot of books. I'm I'm reading. I read between it's all two to for five. Show all for show. Not at all. Mm. I read two to five books a month, and I host a book talk, which every two to three weeks we go through a book. And I enjoy learning some. I enjoy learning new things or mastering what I already know with a couple little tweaks. This one. It caused me to take a step back and say, all right, what are the patterns behind my biggest achievements? And again, we're still talking intentionality, intentionality here. When when you've had your biggest achievement, which, what's the first one that comes to mind? It can be at any time in your life, just biggest achievement. Honestly, I mean, the one that in context of this conversation that immediately comes to mind that meant the most to me at the time was reaching that social media examiner top 10 list for the first time. Okay. So, so that, that would be it. We'll say top 10 list social media examiner. Yeah. It meant something because it, you know, we're talking about a time I was coming from nothing, didn't know what I was doing and to be recognized in that way meant a lot to me at that point. Right. So, but there was definitely a pattern of activities, of beliefs, of mindset. That was a goal, by the way. Okay. So there we go. Now, hold on. Cause you said earlier, you didn't, you don't like setting goals. Yeah. It, but again, though, it's, 
maybe there's a difference between how we think of goals. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I never sat down and said these are the things I want to accomplish. It's just it's something that was driving me in the back of my mind. Like one day I read this, saw this list. It was it's actually the one of the starting points of everything I was doing with my business is like, okay, wh- you know, who do I read? Wh- you know, what kind of advice do I take to get started? And I found that top 10 list. And once I saw that in the back of my mind is like, Oh, I'd love to be on that list one day. It, it, it became a motivating factor. It wasn't something I wrote down and said, I'm going to do this. Um, I, I do think kind of, kind of not to take this off course, but having those motivations, those those driving forces are very important though not a lot of them you don't have to have necessarily a lot of them a few of them for structure an example if i just said and i think you compare this to business absolutely if i just said i need to stay in shape i need to run i'm gonna run every couple days or so how much running do you think i would do I don't know. I would do, do. I would guess very little. But because I have this sheet that I say, my goal for this year is to run 600 miles, which means I've got to run 50 miles a a month. That keeps me on track. And it's something that's, that's motivating me as opposed to I need to run to stay in shape and just thinking that that will keep me going, that I'm going to run every couple of days. I don't like your answer, so Too bad. I'm going to I'm going to start over again, and because because what I want to do, if John Loomer wrote a book called Principles instead of Ray Dalio, and it was John Loomer's book that said Principles, I'm trying to get under the hood. We already know you really don't like setting goals, but you like to go after things. Right. So let's just say you your goal was to go after how many miles is it this year? 600. 600. Your goal, you are choosing to go after 600. You're betting on the fact that if you use your worksheet, your sheet every day that you run or look at it every day, that by the end of the year, no matter if you're one or two months behind in running, wink, wink, hint, hint, because he was, for those that are listening, he was like a month and a half behind. And I every morning I have to hear him whining about how far he's behind. But now, um, as of June 4th, 2018, how far are you behind? I'm ahead. Oh, now he's ahead. On May 4th, 2018. On uh, May 4th, I was... Um, uh, May behind. 4th. Yeah, May 4th, I was... I was at... Uh, 15... About 160... Which was yeah, way almost an entire month behind at that point. Right. So, so I want to tease out those habits, those patterns, those beliefs of when you had your biggest achievement. Now, since I didn't get the answer I want, I'm going to share mine and see see how see if I can tease out some other ideas. So, for for me, my biggest achievement that that comes to memory. And when I say biggest, I shouldn't really say that. Achievement that mattered to me. Achievement that mattered to me was getting my undergraduate degree in business and entrepreneurship. 
Now, it mattered because I intended to go there and be an accountant. First year, I, I took the accounting classes. I was in a room of accounting people. Hated it. Hmm. Didn't think I fit like those people. Not more introvert than I expected. And that just wasn't me. So I started looking at marketing. So I'm like, ooh, I want to be a marketer. And with marketing, you can go into sales, you can go into research, you can go all these areas, promotion, creative agency, all these places, but overall marketing. So first two years of undergrad, I'm in pre-business, which means you have to earn your way into the business school by getting a certain GPA. Well, I walked into undergrad not coming from the strongest of, of high schools, not coming from a family set that would, would say I learned to be disciplined in my studies. So I didn't come there with any healthy habits. So I go in and I sink. I mean, I wouldn't say I was swimming. I was dog paddling, getting the minimum grades, not on any mm-hmm. you know, poor performance areas, but minimum grades. So fast forward to the end of sophomore year where you get the letter that says you're in or you get the letter that says you're out. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the letter with one of my best friends, Eric Williams, who's still my best friend to this day, and my college roommate, Roy, Roy Klein. And we all opened the letters together oh, no. in the room. <laughs> Roy opens his up. He didn't get a magic ticket. He didn't get to go into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. He got a denial. Said, you're not in the business school. Eric Williams, he gets a denial. Says he's not in the business school. John Robinson gets a denial. Mm. (laughs) So all of us get denial letters. And both of those guys said, "Uh." Roy says, I'm going to go back home and go to junior college. Eric says, I'm transferring. I said, I'm getting in the business school. Hmm. Um, I don't know what made me think that, but I said, I'm getting in the business school. So I chose to go after I'm getting the business school. Did I say it was a goal to get in the business school? Hell no. It, 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 I, don't, I don't describe that as a goal. Goals suck. Yeah. They, they do. The idea of going after it, that's what I did. I went after it and I said, I'm going to get in the business school. So long story short, I had to make, I had to kiss babies and shake hands and talk to the right people and figure out how can I get into this business school, even though my grades sucked and I didn't have a pattern of a, a pattern of success because I didn't study well. So Fast forward to graduation day. I graduate in four years with a degree and a business degree and with an emphasis in marketing. Now, with all that being said, if you said, what was the pattern behind that achievement? One of them was, I believed I could do it no matter what. It was irrational, but I said, I can do this. Second thing I talked to people. I talked to business advisors. I talked to Dean. I, I talked to the people who made the decisions, who set the rules of the game. And 
third, I was passionate. I told him, hey, I got that I was crappy. I was working a lot of hours. I wasn't, I didn't get a tutor. I, I really wasn't on top of my, my studies like I can be. So that was another thing is just knowing where I fell short. Another success pattern for me was I got a tutor. I studied at the library every day. I took 8 a.m. classes. I didn't I didn't take classes that were later in the day. I took classes that were early. I, I purposely got up in the morning. I was not going to sleep in. And, and I got the 8 o'clock classes that classes that did, people didn't want to take. You know, they didn't want to get up. Or, and I'd be in those classes. So I get, you know, the, the learning that I needed. So I didn't have to wait till senior year to take that class. So I could take that class in junior year. Because, you know, those fill up based on, you know, seniors get to pick the classes first, blah, blah, blah. So all that being said, um, I just teased out, you know, what what mattered to me and the behaviors I had to get into. I didn't drink alcohol. I had my first ounce of alcohol when I was 21. I hmm. never had drank a sip of alcohol in my entire life until I was 21. And then even 21, 22 I think I only drank twice or three times after that until I graduated. So alcohol was never part of my success. Uh, drugs, never did any drugs. Exercise, I played. I, I played. I probably played too much basketball. That's probably why mm-hmm. my grades weren't it's that good in the first couple of years. So, but I, I bring all this up because I think that we end up falling in a dip or falling in a funk. And we don't realize what patterns got us to where we are today. You know, what were the successes that got us here? What were the beliefs? What were the, you know, habits? What were the verbs? We lose that. And I'm sitting here with a book that I purchased where this guy is telling me his principles, his work ethic. And I'm like, why don't I write mine down? Yeah. So with all that said, that's a lot. Yes, said. we do have a work. Yeah, it's a lot. said. that's fine. But because because you didn't say much, so I'm gonna now I'm gonna bring it to you. I have a lot I want to what say. The, I want to contribute to that. What what <laughs> what are the patterns that you get into when you're successful? Do you get good sleep? Do you exercise? What are the patterns? Yeah, it's funny. Well, first of all, to, speaking on the topic of school, uh, I can relate to that. I I think there's something about intent and knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Because I was never a particularly good student. I was always an underachiever. And, I, and if you look through it, it's like, well, I didn't even finalize my major. I changed it. I didn't finalize it until my senior year. I didn't really even know why I was there. And even then, I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do with that major philosophy? No idea. I was there to hang out. And, and you know, it could... I certainly benefited from privilege as well, where I could say that. Um, so I think the matter of me underperforming and underdelivering in college is like, well, why? What What's the reason? What is the thing I'm shooting for that's driving me to perform at this certain level? There was nothing clearly driving me. And then I think uh, on the business side, you talked about getting rejected. I think rejection can have can be a great motivator. Think I don't know if you remember this one. Think way way back to 2012, and I sent a submission in to Social Media Examiner, saying, you know, I'd love to write some stuff for you guys. 
go check out my blog. And here's some of the things I've written about. And the response wasn't a full out and out object rejection, but it was like, this isn't really up to our standards. We can, you know, if you, as long as you follow our guide, we can make it work kind of thing. And I took that, I took that personally and I printed it out and put it on my wall as a reminder, as motivation every day. Um, so you, rejection in that case, I think really benefited me. I think in a similar way that it benefited you. But there, yes. I always have to have a reason why. Why am I doing this in the first place that will lead to some sort of goal? So the running, it's clear. It's not just that I need to be healthy. And even though I've got a million and one reasons to be healthy uh, for my kids and my family, um, I need some sort of structure. And uh, so that's why I've, I've, I've got that, that chart, that sheet. And so some people's motivation there could just, they, they still need a reminder. It's like, oh, they just, they went to the doctor and they've got a bad heart. Or they lost a close friend or a family member or something who somebody wasn't taking. But even then, I guarantee that they don't just, they can't just, or I can't say everybody, can just randomly say, I'm just going to go out and, and run every day or every other day and stay in shape. You need something that's some sort of, say, quote unquote, goal, something keeping you going. Um, but I, I'm not answering your questions there, but th those are the no, things no, that are no, going no, through no. my head as, as you were talking. No, but I, I like this because. I think as I buy books on other people's secrets to success, <laughs> as I look at people saying, hey, you should meditate. I'm holding a weekly group uh, on meditating. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, I Why? already do that. Yeah. Why don't I want to be in a group of people just because the topic is meditating? Or next week's topic is journaling. So there's a group, uh, there's a, a group that's meeting at my at my uh, where I do co-working and they're meeting to talk about journaling and I'm sitting there like I journal all the time like why am I gonna go just sitting there with a bunch of people that are just there to feel connected now that's maybe there's more to that maybe I should go try it I'm right now I'm not going to because I already am in the practice of journaling so I'm not choosing to go after a time there to learn more about journaling. I, I know enough. I know enough. But I, I like this conversation because I still believe that if you wrote out what your patterns are for success, one of them you just said, I need a fire. I need something that lights me up. And we use the word energizes, but we'll just say a fire that lights me up. You know what my fire was? And again, for those that don't know, John and our family, and he married into our family, my beloved cousin, Lisa. And I was probably, I, I believe, and my family might not like hearing saying they listen to this. I think I was the leader in my family for the age that right. I was in. So okay. when, when I went into undergrad, all eyes were on me, like Tupac. Mm -hmm. Those are like hip hop. Um, all eyes were on me. Not one person in my family knew that I got denied into the program. Mm. Nobody. Nobody knew. And truth be told, my parents didn't want me to go to college. 
they my mother went to the army my dad went to the air force my mother's life was um the army life was short she was only there for like a year year and a half my dad was four years but they didn't want me to go to college so that idea of even getting any help financial any support nothing i got nothing and there was something in me there was a fire so as i'm going through undergrad panicking because i'm like i gotta get this business degree because that's what i intended to i chose to go after it i was betting on me and i had to figure a way now as i was saying earlier me even understanding myself to this day and said wait a second when i won a golf tournament you know i played golf competitively when i won a golf tournament what was my pattern then i got up early I practice a lot. I hit a lot of golf balls. I, I studied the game of golf. I watched videos, Jack Nicholas, Greg Norman. I mean, even Tiger. I mean, I was watching all of it to, to get better. So that's a pattern that I get into and it's no different than entrepreneurship. That's why I challenge everybody to dig deep and think about all the things, all the way that you were when you had a big success. Because truth be told, you could probably replicate that again or even see like, man, why don't I feel successful right now? Well, I'm not getting up early, maybe having too many beers on Sundays. There's all types of things. So, yeah, you know, and, and kind of going back, I think that is tying us back to the, the habits or patterns and whatnot. I could tell you, when I had the most fire would probably be when I had the least amount of sleep. So, yeah, you know, I like that. So that that's, that's the weird thing about all of this is that I've been working towards living a very structured life where I take care of myself and I go to bed by a certain time. I get up by a certain time. I get good sleep uh, the reality is when I felt most fulfilled, not in just generally life, right? I mean, right now I feel most, most fulfilled in, in life in terms of being able to spend time with my family and everything else. I spent, when I felt like, when I felt most productive and when I was constantly working towards something and I had that fire burning, I wasn't sleeping much. Now I don't want to get into this entrepreneurship crap of feeling acting like you you know you need to be working twenty three hours a day. I wouldn't even say I was necessarily working more. <laughs> I was just working. I, I would I would start working late for some reason, and um, I would often be. As you'll remember this. I was often like writing at two a.m. Not because mm-hmm. I was necessarily com- incredibly busy throughout the day. I just found that to be a productive time to do it. I, you know, I like learning that about you again because you are kind of a night owl. Your, your creative bursts to me come more after nine o'clock than before nine o'clock, 9 p.m. before 9 a.m. You're not a before 9 a.m. person. You're more of an after night, a night owl. Which is I'm weird. I, and I, I love sleep. I love sleep. So it is kind of weird. 
Yeah, but but I would describe you as a night owl versus an early bird. Yeah, I hate getting up. I'm an early bird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an early bird. I love sleep, but there is something about the sun rising and the energy associated with that. I like getting out into the world before everybody else does. It feels like I got an advantage. Like, again, when I was really pretty decent at golf, I would be hitting golf balls on the range as the sun came up when nobody else was out there. And then when people started coming to the range to hit balls, I'm already warmed up. You know, I'm already there with a smirk. So there is uh, there's something to understanding what what your best design is for when you're successful. And you can be an early bird, you can be a night owl, whatever it is. But the, the purpose that I had today for our conversation was to embrace goals suck and look at why intentionality into what you choose to go after, what you're betting on, and what the patterns were or are when you're most successful. Now, I said those three questions because, yes, we do have a worksheet called Go After, and I'm about to send this right now to John so then I don't have to think about it. And you should he says, send it to oh, Tracy. You should send it to Tracy. We, we should start this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what do I need to do? I need to, this is delegation and it's fine. It's right now. Yeah. So, so tell me, what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> and I even asked her. She, she okay. does have access to be able to create a page uh, on okay. powerheritageclub.com. So let's make sure it goes up on powerheritageclub.com. And if she has any questions, she can ask me about it. All right. So I am literally on on the spot. I am giving the the instruction to Tracy. And and what am I telling her? That uh, can you please what? Um, Can you please? I think what we should do is create a library for these uh, uh, worksheets to live that are only accessible okay. to Powerhouse Club entrepreneurs members. Okay. And so it's a great library for worksheets. Yes. Yeah. And you know, we can, if we could talk about what that would look like and all, all that business, but um, yeah. I mean, all right. So that's the first one creating a library. <laughs> but how, how are people going to get this sheet, though? The go after sheet. So we need to send out an email to them to, to let them know it's available. Okay. So, so something else that you can even mention in there is we've, there's this new feature within Facebook groups where you can create units. Um, and so we're ah. already creating units for these, PhD, these John John uh, um, sessions there. I don't know if we can create a unit that is just files. So just... PDFs. So that is something to consider as well. Maybe we just make it accessible there if that's easier. Just throw hmm. that out there too okay. or two. All right. So Basically, I, I we, just uh, we, let's let's not make any assumptions that she knows how we want this done. Just say you know we have this problem. There are a couple play, right. couple ways we can solve it, either on the website or in the Facebook group with units or both. How can we? How can we share this information that we haven't been sharing with the community so far? Perfect. All right. I just sent that out. So, and to be clear, so after- this, is, this has been a challenge for me, everybody. So, 
up until till now, I have always been doing this this kind of stuff. Tracy is awesome. She does a million and one things. Um, for some reason, I end up making myself delegating to myself uh, the responsibility of doing little things like this that we should be hiring someone. Else. So maybe it's not Tracy in the long run because she has a million responsibilities. Maybe it's somebody else. And as a result, during these spring summer months when I'm busy doing all kinds of baseball stuff, these things get missed, and it's it's ridiculous. There's no reason these things should get missed. We should, I should not be doing them. Let's have someone else do them. Yep, I agree. All right, so that's all I had. But yet again, thank you for your time and dancing with this topic of intention. And I, uh, my parting thought that I have on this is I just challenge each of you who listen to just think about that moment of success embrace it and then write out like what what were the the habits what were the patterns behind that success and then for your next thing you choose to go after use that pattern yeah i mean i i think it's been a good topic because as i it's it's forced me to kind of reflect on my own life and where have i spotted moments of burnout whether it's with school or business or anything. And I think it often comes down to kind of forgetting, you know, why am I doing this in the first place? And not having any, any driving force that's keeping me motivated, that's keeping that fire lit. So there's got to be a really good reason. And, you know, maybe creating some structure for that once you have that really good reason. I think for me... It's kind of strange and that it often comes randomly that that ball of passion, I, you can't just force it. There's, there's something all of a sudden, like whether it's rejection or whatever, that, that pushes me and I've got that driving me. Um, I think it's important, though, to just ex- kind of accept that if, that if that's the case for you as well, because I think that opened my eyes today. Sweet. All right, let's. Is that is that? Are we done? Because I gotta get running. Speaking of, yeah, get running. Yeah, no, we're done. Thank you yet again. All right, well, thanks everybody. Until next time, do awesome things. We are out.